Welcome to Uncage, the show that celebrates thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the commerce of tomorrow. Today, we're speaking with Lou Jaffe. Hey, Lou, how are you? Terrific. Nice to see you. It's great to see you as well, Lou. We're going to be talking to Lou primarily about coaching, leadership coaching. Uh, he's got an extensive background in coaching as an academic, as a leading CEO of public companies, um, advising companies as, as an independent director on the board level. So a wealth of experience that we will be going through today. I just call it mileage. <laughs> but before so before we get there and before we talk about what Lou is doing now as a partner at CEO Coaching International, let's go through a little bit of that mileage then, Lou. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Cool. So I've been in the, in the video space for a long time, video conferencing, video streaming, and I, I, I love communication. And if you really get down to it, that's really been my journey. It was enabling communication and video conferencing, then allowing people to communicate through their content, through video streaming. Um, we developed the technology so you can watch a movie on a mobile device, uh, in an airplane, at an airport, et cetera. And then I became, I was given the opportunity to become a professor at Loyola Marymount University. And when I got the phone call from the dean, it's because I had spoken at the various at various things because I was in that intersection of media and technology in Los Angeles. And after we sold Movie Me, I sent out one of those emails. We all get them. It's a BCC to everybody, and you write it to yourself, saying we sold Movie Me. We're glad it's going to be on lots of airplanes and in lots of airports now. And the the dean called me and he said why don't you come um, have lunch with me? So I thought, of course, he's now asking for a donation. But he said, why don't you come teach for me? And I said, I'm not a teacher, I'm a doer. And he said, that's exactly the point. That's what they need today in education. So I'm what they call a clinical professor at Loyola Marymount University. So I teach practical education. And that ties perfectly into the coaching because when I work with CEOs, it's I'm kind of like the board member that can't fire them. So we can talk about strategy, we can talk about execution, we can talk about deep problems and just help think them through. No different than when I'm taking all of the things that the amazing people that have taught me over the years and that I've learned the hard way, right? Because we don't learn from our successes, we learn from our failures, that I can share that with next generation leaders at the university. I love that. And I, um, I love the combination really of the academic element and kind of bringing that clinical quality to that academic world. But tell me more about uh, CEO Coaching International. What are you doing there and, and how does that take it to the next level? So the um, CEO Coaching International is 50 plus coaches all around the world. All have been CEOs or very senior leaders in their organizations. And we work with companies from early stage all the way to large public companies. Um, we technically, are, we call ourselves CEO Coaching International, but we're a coach of the CEO, but we're also the coach of the business. So many of my clients, I'm not working just with the CEO, but I'm working with their management team. Or as, as an example, last week, um, I was in Los Angeles working on a strategic planning session 
with one of my clients and we had 10 of their, their executive leadership team around the table and just talking about what's 2023 going to look like? What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What have we learned from it? And then overlaying the world's changing, as you well know, nobody wants to actually say the R word out loud. There's a good chance we're in a recession. So what are the leading indicators? What are the things we may not be experiencing the recession in our business today, but that could change overnight. So what are the things we should be looking for that are like the early warning signs? I, I think that um, that combination of kind of individual coaching and then also working through those challenges, which is really kind of when I feel like leaders need that help of how to be a good leader, right? You know, that's those are those moments uh, where you see them in, in that group setting. That must be fascinating. It, it, it's awesome. And, and I'm fortunate that all of my clients, all my CEOs are really great CEOs. And it's really just sometimes you've heard the expression, you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. So we sit, you know, and especially CEO is always focused on their financials, especially my public company CEOs, because a business is 90 day marches. Every 90 mm-hmm. days you release your results and you're looking at what are the results and how does Wall Street react to the results. But the results are a lagging indicator. You don't know you have them until they're there. So what coaching really does is help people look at the leading indicators. What are the specific and measurable activities that we should be doing that deliver the results, mm-hmm. right? So think of it as weight loss. Yeah. I want to lose 20 pounds. That's the end game. But what are all the activities? I got to walk. I got to watch my calories. I got to do all these activities every day. And at the end of 90 days, I'm going to hit my goal. You know, I think the fascinating thing I see with coaching and you you've been involved with coaching in some form or fashion for for uh, uh, quite a while. It's when when I was earlier, early in my career and had kind of finally gotten to leadership positions, there was such a such a kind of uh, nervous energy related to coaching like, oh, there must I'm doing something wrong. And what I what I feel now has happened is just the world has completely flipped on that. And it's almost uh, like this incredible embrace of coaching. I mean, tell me a little bit about that trend because you've lived through that. How is that? How has that evolved? So I think a lot of management and you read it in the management books, it's the concept of blind spots. Mm. We're so busy looking over here. There's a blind area over there. And so who sees that blind spot? And it's also one of the hardest things for a CEO is everybody walks into that person's office with an agenda and the CEO has to figure out what it is Mm -hmm. because there's a hidden agenda underneath and driving it. And often people tell the CEO what they think the CEO wants to hear, not necessarily what's real. And by having a coach, number one, I can talk to the management team and I see things from a different perspective. And again, I have no ax to grind. I'm not allowed to own shares in the company. Mm -hmm. I'm not an investor. I'm not, nobody's reporting to me. So I can just see it in a more, what I refer to as a passionately dispassionate perspective. Mm -hmm. And then I can have that kind of conversation with a CEO Then nobody can bring the CEO that kind of perspective. And I think they realize that because when you take a look, you know, at hundreds of years of capitalism, the companies that succeed 
are the companies that have transparency and great communication. The companies that fail don't. And coaching is just another form of communication inside the C-suite. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I completely agree. We're, we're big, big believers in coaching and we've seen uh, that whole space just scale up dramatically now, really on, on almost every level of, of exec, right? Not just the senior management, but all the way through the organization. And I truly believe that's probably going to be the new norm going forward. It's the next level. We've been talking about mentorship for the last decade. Mentorship was really part of a corporate culture. Yeah. more and more. Mm-hmm. Coaching is just an, another level of mentorship with, again, going back to somebody with mileage. Yeah, you know, Shakespeare wrote 37 plays and sonnets and everything you see today on TV is a derivative of Romeo and Juliet or King Lear. Well, same thing in business. There's a lot of the things repeat themselves. Yeah, And if you've been around long enough, you see that and you can bring that perspective. Yeah, and it's I hard completely when you're in the firefight to gain perspective. So tell me, I mean, I, I think this, this lovely moment we've been living through this, this pandemic has uh, presented a lot of leaders challenges. And I imagine you've picked up a lot of insights, but also with your wealth of experience in the video conferencing space, it, when, when you look over the last couple of years, how do you think things have evolved and changed? Well, first of all, they now say one in three people don't want to work in an office. Yeah. So you have to create ways to to keep people engaged. And one of the beautiful things about video, and it's it's fascinating, is video accountability. If I'm on a conference call, I have no idea if it's an audio conference, if you're petting the dog, playing solitaire, Mm -hmm. or having a beer. If we're on video conferencing, there's there's visual accountability, number one. Number two, if I'm sitting across from you in, on a table, I see your body language. I know if you're leaning into me. I know right. if you're like crossing your arms and you're, yeah, this, I'm not buying any of that. You don't get that in an audio call. And if people aren't coming into the office, you need those additional cues. Yeah. You need to be able to see some of that. And so video is being used a lot for that. Um, even you know, when you take a look at your screens and screens have gotten a lot bigger. So back in, you know, if you're working on a laptop, video is tough because data is the most important thing. So if you're working on a spreadsheet, you don't have the real estate for video and data. Mm-hmm. But when you have the big screens at home, I mean, I'm talking to you today from a 54 inch wide monitor. Wow. So, so I, I can have my calendar open. I can have a spreadsheet open and I see you. So, so each thing has its level of importance and people using the technology that way, I think get more engagement because they have everything no different than they would have in their office. Yeah. And again, I, I, I would say one of the things I found really interesting was that idea that, um, you know, certainly it was a way that people could stay in touch early on in the pandemic as they perhaps got more and more comfortable with using it, using video conferencing on a day-to-day basis. But, but, you know, we talk a lot about, and this probably comes up in your coaching, that idea of like understanding the whole, the whole person, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding their like the holistic self. And, and I would say that one of the things that I, I was a positive from my perspective was, you got to understand your colleagues in a different way because you'd see their dogs running or you'd see their kids and you kind of, you kind of understood 
how to work with them more effectively, if that makes any sense, right? It was, uh, it's been very positive. Yeah, it's been, for the most part, it's positive, but it's also, I think it's really important for companies to understand there are times not to use video. Mm. Because I do think you get video burnout. Yeah. And, and, or if you're doing a video conference, give people 10 minutes, if you're doing a two hour session, every 30 minutes, give them a five minute break so they don't have to turn, now they're forced to turn the camera off if they have to run to the bathroom or get a glass of water. Right. Schedule that in. So be, be more aware of, I call it video etiquette. And also I think people have to understand video etiquette because there's nothing worse than when somebody is like so far into the screen, it's a horrible experience. So just be aware, be aware of the, the lighting. I cannot tell you how many video calls I've been on where somebody doesn't illuminate themselves and they're sitting in a dark room. So in order to get the most out of video, and it's not really a tech thing, it's not, you don't need techie to have a light on. You don't need techie to know, don't eat the camera when you're talking. And it's also, believe it or not, the most important thing in video conferences will always be the microphone. If you have bad audio, people check out. There's nothing worse than bad audio. So true. It's 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 one of the fascinating things that uh, I mean I learned a long time ago because I, I came from the world of advertising. <laughs> but audio is the thing that irritates. If it's wrong, if it's poor, audio is the thing that irritates people much much more than video. Hundred percent. It's, it's it's a fascinating fascinating uh, thing. But I I really love what you're saying about etiquette. And this idea of making sure that people work in breaks, um, that's something I, I, I would say people are still not getting, to be perfectly honest. I've been on those, you know, three hour, four hour marathon video conference calls where you're just like, this is painful. This is not useful, right? So <laughs> and in, in the office, people, it, it, it's weird on a video call. A lot of times people are uncomfortable I'm going to get judged if I turn my video off. So they're sitting there dying. But it, if they're in a conference room, they're just going to get up. They're going to go to the restroom and come back. Exactly. So, exactly. so build it in. And, and I'm also a big fan. And I tell this to all of my uh, all of my clients. You, you always have to have an agenda. If you have a video conference call and it's, are you disseminating information or are you collaborating? If you're just disseminating, disseminating information, it doesn't need to be, be a video conference because people are on a high level of awareness. So really use the platform for bi-directional. That's the difference between streaming and video conferencing. Yeah. If you just want to share information, record it and send them an email with the recording. Video conferencing is just that. It is for collaboration. As a matter of fact, in a lot of places, they don't even call it conferencing. They call it video collaboration. That's nice. So, Probably, so maybe it's a better, that. maybe that's a better term. Uh, kind of think and, about and that. And last but not least, the mind can only absorb what the seat can endure. So build that in to, to, to your collaboration experience. Uh, Lou, you've got these great lines. I, I love it. Um, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, you alluded to some of the conversations you've been having with your customers uh, relating to planning for 2023. Uh, we are finding ourselves now in um, another challenge, I suppose, maybe the, the back part of a COVID situation where um, people are having to deal with a potential R word. And uh, just be curious uh, what tips and tricks you have for folks out there. So, and as you well know this, we're all in sales. 
And I tell that to, to my clients all the time. You're in sales, now stop selling. Create wow. buyers, right? When you're selling, there's only one conversation. The conversation is price, right? I want to get, because everybody wants a deal. So if you're mm -hmm. selling, somebody else wants a deal. But coaching, first of all, coaching is not consulting. Coaching is not solving problems. Coaching is asking great questions that lead you to the solving of problem. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about in this particular case is, Great salespeople ask questions because they find out the pain points. They, they then talk about the pain points and how whatever it is they have resolves that. If companies stay focused on why I provide a better solution, mm -hmm. now you've created a buyer. Right. And also stop being transactional. We live in a world, and especially as the Gen Zs come in, they're used to, first of all, and video again, they're used to a digital relationship with people. Right. Think about the amount of video a 23-year-old watches between TikTok, Facebook Reels, and Instagram. They're used to video. Use the tech because they do. Yeah. Um, one of my partners has a great expression that I love. Meet your client where he lives. Right. If you have somebody that's thinking in the world of possibilities, don't talk probabilities. They can't hear it. Yeah. You have somebody that thinks in probabilities, don't paint the big picture meet people where they live. I think that's important. And as you go into 23, be sensitive. It is a far more competitive environment, right? Because mm -hmm. rising tides float all boats. Right. And you now have a people that are concerned about the cost of energy, the cost of food. Yep. Be aware of that. So you actually have to compete just a little bit harder. And you have to be more aware of the person on the other side of the table and what their issues are and how you help them with their issues. Because if you can help somebody with their problems, they are loyal for life. Lou, this is great advice. Thanks so much for being on the Uncaged show today. Um, if, if someone wanted to connect with you and learn more about what you're, what you're doing and how to perhaps get some CEO coaching uh, from the master here, uh, where should they that. find you? They can find me at L-E-W-J-A-F-F-E -E at CEO Coaching International. So Lou Jaffe at CEOcoachinginternational.com. Wonderful. Well, Lou, thank you so much for being on the program. We've been speaking with Lou Jaffe. He is a partner at CEO International Coaching. He is also a professor, a clinical professor at Loyola Marymount University. He's been talking to us about all of the all of the benefits uh, that uh, you can receive through coaching, leadership coaching, and some of the changes that we've seen in that space over the last couple of years. And really, really, I'd say going forward, how critical it's going to be. Lou, thanks so much for being on the program today. We look forward to having you back. Thank you so much for having me and have it a great day. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.